Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, aphorism for July 28. Why is there so much violence in the world? Surely it is because people are not satisfied with themselves. Today's terrorists imagine a world remade in their own image. Should they ever succeed, however, in killing off everyone who falls short of that image, they'd only end up butchering one another. Ultimately, the only way to establish peace on earth is for people everywhere to be peaceful first in themselves. Oh, it's a pretty challenging, oh, surprise, surprise. This is a challenging aphorism compared to all the baby ones that we've been reading until now. Oh my goodness, this book is not for sissies. I mean, this is kind of disguised with this little sunflower, but I think it should actually have a, a sword or a guillotine or something like a guillotine for the ego. Just put on the front of it. It's unbelievable. You know, the teachings of Sanatana Dharma, which is the, the t- traditional teachings of India, which is the, the, the teaching of self-realization, the, the unifying reality behind all true spiritual paths, there's, there's one truth. There has to be one truth. How can there be multiple absolutes? There's just one absolute, which has many strands, depending on God's children. As Ramakrishna used to say, a mother feeds each of her children according to what they need. The baby has to be given something different than the toddler, and the father can consume something that the toddler wouldn't eat. It's just everybody gets what they need. But the teachings are very challenging. You can't just sort of take a little piece of it, and then if this part doesn't like it, you don't really have to deal with that one. The law of karma. You know, if if everything that comes to us is the is the appropriate and appropriate to our magnetism, appropriate to our consciousness, in order to teach us something, to teach us the appropriate next step for us to to evolve, to expand from delusion into wisdom. If it's true anywhere, it has to be true everywhere. And of course, I'm not going to stretch it all out. You can stretch it all out for yourself. It's it's very it's very challenging, which is why most people don't try to live up to such a challenging teaching. So here Swami's telling us again. He said the only way to have peace on earth is when pe- people are content within themselves. Why do people come become violent fanatics? I mean, what kind of a person, you know, feels so strongly that they'll, they'll throw their own body away, or even more, they'll take the lives of others for this thing that they think needs to happen, that they can just look in the eyes of someone and destroy them. I, I hear, I, there was an incredible story told to me by this man I met in Israel. You know, everyone who, uh, who grows up in Israel has to spend a time in the army. And this man had, had done his stint in the army like everyone else. And I won't give every part of it, but he was a very nice man. He, he was a tour guide for the first time I went over there. He actually was originally an American who had moved to Israel. And 
he, he tells this complicated story about how he happened to be exactly in, in the right place at the right time for this to happen. He was walking into his favorite falafel shop. Just as he got to the door, a bomb went off. As this, you know, these things happen in that, that part of the world. A bomb went off, but the only person, um, but there was only one person injured. Now, he had been a medic in uh, the army, so he rushed right in, and there was this very badly injured person, and he was working hard to try to save his life while they're calling the ambulance, and all of this is happening. And about just before the ambulance arrives, he realizes that this is the man who had come in strapped in with the bomb that now he's trying to save the life of the man who came in there to kill others. Just by chance, no one else was hurt but him. And he, you know, then they, the ambulance came and they took him away, and in fact, the man did not survive. But my friend, Marty was his name, thinking about it, he said later, if he had come a moment earlier and had realized who that man was, he himself would have shot him dead. He wasn't carrying a gun, but if he had had a gun and had seen the same man, he would have killed him. And then a minute later, he's trying to save him. You know, it's just, he, it, it was a very traumatic experience. He wrote about it. It's, it was a very interesting story, the way he wrote it. But what would cause that man to strap that on him and think he was doing good to walk into a sandwich shop and who knows who he's killing? People with children, children themselves. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that the terrorist's life is any more or less value, and I'm not talking about the Israel, Israelis and the Arab. I'm just talking about what do you feel inside if you're willing to do that? You do not feel bliss. You do not feel peace. You do not feel one with God. You definitely do not feel one with your brothers and sisters in God. You've divided the world up into what's acceptable and what isn't. Why would people do that? Well, it all starts from the inside. Why do some people do that? Why are some people Gandhi, you know, and, and some people some, and Stalin, you know? Why, why are we different? Because it's because of the way we feel inside. And so all the ideas that we can just make people do what we want, us, want them to do, either by violent means or political means or financial means, it... it why do we need to do that in the first place? Swami raises the interesting point that the terrorist mentality, the mentality that, that will impose its will no matter what and, and won't count the cost as long as it's them and not me, it's not going to suddenly become peaceful. It's going to continue to see enemies. That's why Swami said if they could everly, everly, ever successfully manage to eliminate everybody who disagreed with them, that would not necessarily, they think it would give them peace, but that idea of seeing enemies and heretics that must be destroyed would just find another object to consume. Just as simple as that. And if there's no one left, they'll just consume each other. That's how Swami puts it. That's why so many revolutions that start out with idealism end up almost randomly butchering. Because the habit becomes strong, and that's how we deal with it. You know, in, in my own life, I, I had a brief period of political activism before I came on the spiritual path. I was never deeply serious about it, but it was the time of the Vietnam War, and I, it would have been natural, given my cultural context, to get swept up into those 
demonstrations and so on, and I did a small bit. But as soon as I came onto the spiritual path, I never was inclined toward politics again. However, and I, I'll say it now, I think I'm one of the most politically active people that I know because I have devoted my entire life to helping people change their inner consciousness. Because once we change our inner consciousness, everything else follows from that. When I first went to India in 1986, and I was in the tour bus, and we were driving through the streets, we would have landed in New Delhi. Driving through the streets of New Delhi, it was either early in the morning, it was probably early in the morning, planes arrive at like 4 a.m. You know, day was just beginning. I'd never seen street scenes like I was seeing in Delhi, especially all those years ago. It's the India's changed enormously. You know, people on the streets, little families in a little square of sidewalk, beggars, everything. It was so unbelievable. And crowds, the word overpopulation, I'd never actually understood what it meant until I saw how densely people are crowded in together that's overpopulated. But I remember vividly just looking out the window thinking, we have all the resources we have all the technology, we have all the administrative skills, we could make earth we could make heaven on earth. It just wouldn't be hard to do. We just spread the resources more equitably, embrace each other with more love and heart. You know, think I am my brother's keeper. Just all that that's all that would be required. It would be so simple. But we don't want to. That's all. We don't want to. People enjoy having power over others. People are greedy. How much is enough? People are, or feel like you know they are, are icky and unpleasant or a danger to me. Or, you know, I'm superior. I mean, you know, we don't want to. And so I realized we have to make people want to. We have to make people really feel. We have to awaken in people the true understanding and we are all brothers and sisters in God. And that which you do to the least of us, you know, is done to all. That there's no, there's no breaking it. That even my thoughts send out vibrations into the atmosphere. And if my thoughts are dark and hateful, then it sends out vibrations of dark and hatefulness. So uh, Master wrote the, this most fascinating article in about 1936. And he was talking about the First World War the depression that followed, the Spanish flu pandemic that happened just at the end of the, well, backwards, the, the war, the pandemic, the depression that followed, the gradual beginnings of what eventually became World War II, you know, floods, hurricanes. And, he, and, and Master just said, it's all vibrations of consciousness, suffering of the soldiers, Master said, suffering of all those people in World War I, created such a dissonant vibration that it created the flu. And, you know, then the flu created its own difficulties and then then violence began to reassert itself. The depression started and then violence began to reassert itself. So there was climate disruption. Where do you cut it? Where, where do you take one event and cut it out over all the cause and effect that it's, that's involved? It's all interconnected and all of it begins from emanating from individual consciousness. If, if I didn't need to be made important by believing that you're scum and I'm not, if I didn't have a desire to hurt others because I've been hurt, 
you know, terrorist organizations or fascist organizations would never get started. If, if each of us is, is at peace in our heart with God, then where does the dissonance begin? And so that is really our first responsibility. And I, I know that for some people this is harder to see. So you have to work with this for a very long time and really reflect on this and meditate on this. What is the real source of darkness in this world? It's always the individual heart. Speaking of Israel again, um, in, I, I developed, in, I would sort of say late in life, a very powerful, I, I've had four trips to Israel. I, this is being recorded in 2020 in the last four years. Three of them were actually in one year. And I do, as, a, as, a, as a devotee of Jesus has been the power of Israel for me. But I was also raised in a Jewish family. So there's also, it's been also an element of Judaism in it. And you can't go to Israel without being without becoming aware of what, what a difficult situation it is. And my Jewish guide, uh, Israeli Jewish guide, uh, different than the one I was speaking of in another, in another of these, when people become very depressed about the impossibility of resolving the conflict that takes place there, I was so touched. He was so optimistic. Oh, he said, no, it's not difficult at all. He said, it just takes one generation of Arab parents who teach their children not to hate the Jews. He said, then it's over, just like that. And of course, correspondingly, a generation of Israeli parents who teach their children to love the Arabs. He said, and then it'll be over, just like that. And he's right. All we need is one by one to teach ourselves and to teach each other to love instead of to hate. And then peace settles on the heart and nobody initiates. Nobody feels compelled to initiate the terrible things that have become too common. And we will because the soul's long journey ends in bliss for everyone and we are all children of one God. So, why is there so much violence in the world? Surely it is because people are not satisfied with themselves. Today's terrorists imagine a world remade in their own image. Should they ever succeed, however, in killing off everyone who falls short of that image, they'd only end up butchering one another. Ultimately, the only way to establish peace on earth is for people everywhere to be peaceful first in themselves. May we all live to see that day. God bless you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.